Hey, DJ Fluck here from Stadium Scenes Main Event. Networking has become more important than ever, so why are you still carrying around paper business cards that end up lost or in the trash? Our friends at Link have created a solution to that problem by getting your contact info directly into that person's phone with a simple tap from your plastic business card, a bracelet, or even an Apple Watch band. When it's time to update your contact info, make the change in their easy-to-use networking app. For listeners of Stadium Scenes Made Event, you can save 15% by typing in promo code StadiumScene, that's all one word, at checkout. To learn more, visit linkapp.com. That's L I N Q A P P.com. Today's Stadium Scene Podcast is brought to you by. Hey guys, this is Jillian here at StadiumScene.com and StadiumScene.tv. We strive to help you find the best ways to get to and from the big game. Now we are joining forces with Lyft to make it even easier. For our listeners, enter the promo code StadiumScene with no space and get credit towards your first ride. So download the Lyft app at the iTunes or Google Play store, enter StadiumScene with no space as your promo code and get to the ball game. Do the responsible thing and get home safely with Lyft. Terms and conditions may apply. See more at Lyft.com. Live from a makeshift recording studio, somewhere in the middle of the desert, this is the Stadium Scene Podcast. With your hosts... DJ Flug. I suck at trivia and I suck at telling jokes. Kate Thompson. The Jackman, which is just the most awesome name. And Jillian Fisher. No, that was just because I'm crazy as hell. <laughs> You're listening to the Stadium Scene Podcast. Twenty seventeen is about over. Seventeen episodes, numerous guests, many new friends and partners. When Kate and I started the Stadium Scene podcast in February of twenty seventeen, we had no idea how long this would really go or what our direction would be long term. It just kind of worked itself out. So let's see how far we've come. This is the Stadium Scene Podcast twenty seventeen year in review. Welcome to the first Stadium Scene Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Fluck, here in a cold Phoenix afternoon, and alongside of me is my co-host, Kate Thompson, in Chicago. Our podcast will feature residents of cities sharing their knowledge of the sports scene and owners and operators of restaurants and bars. For our first episode, our guest is a native Ohioan coming from the shores of Lake Erie and is here to talk about the sports and bar scene in Cleveland. Please welcome to the show my close personal friend and theme park enthusiast, Mr. Joe Matt. <laughs> uh, we're off to a roaring start here. Yay. Just as good as my podcast beginnings, podcast. which is... Podcasts. See, yeah, see, you're Podcasts. Well, as you can see, we got off to a rough start. We also didn't rec- release a new podcast for like a month. I think we thought we sucked. But we had a game-changing moment. See what I did there? In March, we convinced Jillian Fisher to join the show, and it sounded a little like this. Today we have a huge announcement, and we are here to introduce our newest team member who will be a, a major asset to our stadium scene.tv project. 
Um, she's an avid traveler, uh, a foodie, and a sports anthropologist, and we'll get into that what that is later. So uh, please welcome to the team. Uh, we have Jillian Fisher here, and if you follow her on Instagram, you know her more as at Fisher Jillian. So Jillian, uh, welcome, welcome aboard. Hi guys, how are you? I'm hanging in there. <laughs> how? Where's Kate? Is Kate here? Yeah. yeah. How is Chicago? Is it sun? Tell him he's wrong. It's sunny in Chicago, right? Actually, it's pouring rain. Yes, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried, Chicago. I tried. <laughs> how are, How is life in sunny Phoenix then? Since it's not sunny here, it's not sunny in Chicago. What's it like out there, DJ? Uh, 88 and sunny. Must be nice. <laughs> the the hundred and fifteen will be here soon, but I don't I don't mind that at all. Because you're crazy. Hundred and fifteen is pushing it for me. I, last year when I got here, like the second or third third day, I was in Phoenix. I went out to the uh, I was living in an apartment, and I went out to the pool. And the therm thermostat was like maxed out at the bottom, and I looked it up, and it said it was like one eighteen, and I'm just like. That's it? That's 118? <laughs> oh, I would be melted. Well, it helps when the humidity is 9%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So with you being based in Boston, or yes. Boston, are you actually in Boston proper or suburban Boston? Uh, suburban. 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 Yeah, I guess if you were living in Boston, you'd pay like $3,000 a month for rent. For oh, a... yeah, the cost of living is pretty intense, but it is a really cool city, so... You pay a lot, but you get you get what you pay for in a sense. You pay three thousand dollars for a studio apartment, which is the size <laughs> of my closet. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, <laughs> you can find affordable places. Usually, it's just you need roommates, or go very far away, but still stay on. Which the, is uh, that's my option. I went. I went the let me go further outside the city route. So. We're going to go ahead and kick this off. As I alluded to in our introduction, I mentioned that you call yourself a sports anthropologist. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, when I ran into you the other week, <laughs> I asked you what that was. But you know, could you tell yeah. us a little bit about what that is exactly? Absolutely. I get it asked a lot. And, you know, with the world we live in, you have 140 characters to kind of tell everybody who you are and what your hopes and dreams are. And, you know, 140 characters isn't a lot. So, I'm actually a cultural anthropologist, and that's just the study of people and culture. And um, you can focus on a lot of different things. And I focus on sport and culture and just kind of viewing uh, sport as a way to understanding culture. And to me, it's my favorite way. It's the best way. You know, you can look at food, you can look at music, art. Um, but the most, you know, I grew up playing sports. I grew up watching them. And I've always said that sport is a universal language. It's just wherever you go there's a unique dialect. And um, I really like getting to know that. And I like to learn about the people in the stands, the people who invest their time and their energy and sometimes their sanity into rooting for the home team. There's something there. And I always felt like traditional sports media was kind of missing that. And, you know, just combining my love of sport, travel and culture kind of made sense. And so I just started doing it and really getting to know a place the way a fan knows it. And, you know, when I speak about it, I hope that they feel that, you know, she understood what it's like to be a fan of, you know, the Bruins or the Flyers or, you know, any team. I feel like when I go there, I, you know, I really try hard to understand what it's like to be a fan there. And I say, like, I cheer like a local. That's my, my, my motto is cheer like a local. Now, is this something that 
existed already or would you claim to be the inventor of this concept? <laughs> um, no, this is definitely something that has existed. You know, I have numerous books on sport anthropology uh, or like the That's anthropology actually. of sport. Um, you know, there's sport ethnography. There's, you know, people who have written sport ethnographies before. Uh, I think it's just it, the way I present it is more mainstream as a way that it captures the attention. It, it, people see the name and they're like, well, what is that? They want to know more. It sounds really interesting because it is, you know, it's something that I think people have been thinking and people have wanted to learn more about this, but it's never been explored in a way that, you know, it's not just an academic way. It's something that is trying to bring it to the masses because for me, anthropology is just understanding other people. And I think that's so important that we get outside of our comfort zones and really just, you know, whether it's just understanding your rival team and, or, you know, going as far for me my next stop is Australia. So going halfway across the world or going across the world, I think that's important. So you mentioned about the sanity of some of the fans <laughs> and the teams they choose. I know where can this you, is going. Yes, I'm out of Chicago, but <laughs> can you explain to me Bears fans? <laughs> I have never been to a Bears game. I cannot tell you too much about them. <laughs> um, uh, but I do know that anytime you say, you know, the Bears fans, everyone wants to go, duh, Bears. Yeah. So. There's definitely some historical data, historical points there that I'm sure tie into their fandom. I'm going to take a lot of crap for this, but if you've ever seen the sketches from Saturday Night Live from the 90s, the Bill uh, yeah. Swirsky yeah. super fans, yeah, that's, <laughs> yep. it's not an exaggeration. Oh, I know. It's, but so that's the thing, though, is, you know, it's kind of I'm from Philadelphia. So Philadelphia fans have this thing where we're the worst fans. Right. People hate us. You throw and blue any, Santa Claus <laughs> and you throw batteries at players. Yeah. And... So anything that we do, obviously, is just a reminder of why we're horrible. And, you know, fans take on a personality, whether they like it or not. And anything that happens kind of just reinforces that. So Bears fans, I'm sure, are great examples of how that happens. Um, and it's something that's been happening for decades now. So it, it would definitely be interesting for me to get in there and get to know some people and experience it firsthand. Shortly after this episode, Jillian went off to Australia for a month, and that's when Kate and I decided to go out and find our first guest that we did not know beforehand. Thanks to the power of social media, we found Bree Patterson, who runs BitesWithBree.com, a local food blog in the Denver area, to come on and talk about the food scene in Denver. How did you get into, well, let's, let's set up. Which stadium did you work at first? I worked at Pepsi Center first, Pepsi Center. and that was my second real job out of college. And working at the Pepsi Center, I have to admit, as a, a kid, Joe Sackick was my, my favorite hockey player growing up. And um, <laughs> did you ever ever meet him or run into any of the yeah. players working there? Yep, I actually used to work with the players um, quite closely because of um, we would do private caterings, and their nutritionists would always say, oh, they need salmon with no butter, and then they can have pasta, but we need uh, kids' food as well for all the kids, which would be chicken chicken nuggets and mac and cheese, and of course, they would always take the kids' food, and we'd be left over with all of the salmon and, <laughs> and pasta not, noodles, but um, actually, yeah, and Joe is actually always there. He I mean, before he became more involved, once he retired, he he was just always there. He'd pop up and be like, hey, can I get tickets? 
to one of the players right there, right outside my office door and said, oh, I see these conversations happening. And they're like, of course, anything for you. So he was around quite a bit, even um, when there weren't game days, he would just be in the halls passing through. The Nashville Predators had a playoff run for the ages, going all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Of course, Jillian was right there firsthand and even made a new scaly friend. Here's a clip from Episode 8, ESPN, The Catfish. I happen to be looking at my phone this weekend a couple (laughs) times. Uh Uh-oh. Yes, uh uh-oh is right. So it was Snapchat. It was Instagram, and it was the ESPN page on Facebook. They all three had something in common this weekend outside of the Stanley Cup Finals, but a video and a picture involving a certain person who might or may not be on this podcast, and a a fish. (laughs) Yes, it was you, Kate, right? Tell us the story. Go ahead. I want no more attention. I want no more attention. I want no more attention. (laughs) You, you you knew you weren't getting away with having to discuss this. No, I knew it because everybody wanted attention. And so I went, uh, fun fact, fun fact about this, uh, Little's Fish Company in Nashville, uh, they actually were giving catfish away with your proof of ticket. So you went there and you showed them your ticket. They gave you a catfish. So... You know what that means, right? They are expecting people to take a catfish. And when you got your catfish, they took a picture with you and the catfish because they wanted to see it later on the ice. Um, And my initial plan was just to go take it out of the bag because they put it in a nice plastic bag for you. And just to take it out of the bag and just like quick snap a picture right in front of Bridgestone. Well, I'm just thinking, would you like that wrapped yeah, well, no, they, they wrap it automatically. Like, they put it in a bag for you. Like, they take care. And they cut off. So, actually, like, most fish, they have barbs on them. So, like, they have to cut those off so that you don't get hurt. Uh, like, right on their fins. Yeah, I can see And uh, so, um, again, it was just, let me just take this fish out real quick, grab a quick photo with it, and put it right back in the bag. And, like, we're right out. So, every picture that you saw of Nashville, like, that's kind of where I was. Like, that right in front of Bridgestone. And somebody saw, like, as soon as I took it out, the guy in the mask, um, you've probably seen pictures of him. He was in a lot of the pictures with me. And he was like, ooh, can I hold it? And I was like, absolutely. And then cameras started showing up. And then oh, it was, like, and then it was like 30 minutes before the game started. And I was like, and I still have this fish out here. It is warm no longer slimy and people were kissing it people went like it was just um, i think because sure yeah the because smell it was, was ugh, probably oh, it was hard it was horrible <laughs> it was uh, and i i think i said I, I had to go back and shower after because like i had wet wipes that we were handing out to people but like when you're holding a fish a catfish like it's just a, a literal dead catfish for several hours there's just no way to get that off of you without showering so, so did, did you eat fish before this event I did not, and I don't know if I can eat. Yeah, that's what I was was wondering. It's like, (laughs) is it like scared you away from fish for the rest of your life? Well, like just because it was so warm when I was done with it, like it was just, it was. I mean, it was hot and humid in Nashville. Um, I think my favorite part of the day, though, was so I was walking on Broadway, and I just this was like four hours before the game started, and it was amazing how many people were already down there. 
and I just was trying to get to a bar where, where like I could hear myself think because they had lots of live music and everything. And I just needed, I needed a couple of minutes just to compose myself. And I go in, I'm sitting at the bar and who walks in, but Jeremy Roenick. And I, you know, I say, hi, meet him. And then I, I go get seated. And don't you know, like he gets seated right next to me. And I'm like, okay, don't be creepy. Don't be creepy because you know, I just got a picture with him. I didn't want him to think I was being creepy. And I ended up like whipping out this catfish because there were these two elderly women who had come down from Montreal to watch PK Subban. And like we talked about the catfish. And I was like, oh God, Jeremy Ronan probably thinks I'm such a psycho. <laughs> so he's going to be on our next episode, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over the summer, we spent a lot of time discussing the World Cup and World Cup qualifications, only to be disappointed by the U.S. national team missing out on qualifying. Regardless, we all have affiliation with our local American Outlaws chapters and wanted to give them some love. If you've been following our Instagram page, you notice that uh, over the weekend the United States played Ghana in a friendly up in Connecticut where it looked just, the weather looked just lovely. There were people wearing coats and it was raining and it's, you know, it's end of June. pouring. Yeah. It was absolutely pouring. So I, uh, I went to downtown Phoenix and hung out with the American Outlaws Phoenix chapter. And like I said on the last show, I, I finally got out to one of their events. I'm no longer that guy. Uh, and you know, Jillian came to us from the uh, the Atlanta party. I was at the Atlanta party, and they know what's up over there, man. They they know how to have a party. They have a really great relationship with their sponsor bar, Rira, in Atlanta. It's a really great location. They have really great specials. And every time USA scores, you get a free shot. So it's oh, like a pre-mixed shot. <laughs> you get a pre-mixed shot, and... Uh, yeah, it's what's really cool though is that if you if so you have your local chapter and you really want so every chapter is different. Maybe not every chapter has that relationship with their local bar. Ours but doesn't. If you get yeah, you get to vote in who your president, your local you know chapter president, and all all of those leadership roles. And you know you can go to them and say, hey, this I hear Atlanta has this going on. What can we do? And you know you have to remember that these are people. They have full time jobs. They're doing this because they love it. So. You know, you always respect every everything that they're doing, but it doesn't hurt to ask if you want some more. Yeah, it's uh, our our uh, chapter meets at the local Tilted Kilt restaurant, uh, and yeah, they 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 are wonderful hosts. They actually blocked off the whole back of the restaurant for us on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, it was up, you know, it wasn't busy, but uh, yeah. still, you know, they blocked off almost 50 percent of the restaurant for this group and you know and filled it up too i mean it was a for a friendly it was a, a very good turnout so yeah i think that's the best part about the whole concept of the supporter with the american outlaws and supporters groups it's just that communal experience you, it's great when you get it on game day like i'm going to gold cup in nashville and gold cup in tampa and i love seeing those people there um, but what's really fun is say you're traveling and there's a soccer match on, you can hit up the local AO bar. And I mean, I've had, when I was down in Atlanta, there was somebody from Detroit there and they, they looked up where the local AO chapter met and he was there. And it's, it's just this really big family. It's, it's so much fun to be a part of. And I can't stress just like, if you like the communal aspect of sports and you like that kind of part of it, like that, the things happening outside the stadium, the stuff that we talk about. It's a really fun way to get involved. It almost sounds like a commercial, but um, you know, it, it's oh, it's not a commercial. This is how I really yeah, feel. <laughs> yeah, well, me too. I mean, I'm not. You know, we're not being paid to endorse these guys or anything. I mean, it's just something mm -hmm. we do, and 
you know, I cost... actually pay dues to well, be a part yeah, of well, it. Yeah, well, that, well, that, okay, that, they're not paying us, but yes, we, uh, yeah, we yeah. pay, you know, it's 25 bucks a year, you get a shirt and your American flag bandana that I proudly wore around the house with my uh, American flag sunglasses on, on the 4th of July. Yeah. Um, one picture was taken and it hopefully will never surface, but that's not under my control. Uh, I'll get it. Don't know. worry. I'll get it. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> you gotta go sneak. I'm texting your wife right now. Oh, wait. I can get on her computer and delete it right from iPhoto or whatever it's called. <laughs> I love that. My phone died today, and it was so glorious to just be like, hold on, let me text you on my computer. Yeah, so it's... seamless. I love it. Sorry, there we go. Well, Apple, you know, Apple owes us money. American Outlaws owe us money. We're racking up the... Yeah, uh, we're just really great at uh, endorsing the, things, the, guys. Yeah, we're not even the, trying. The unintended sponsorship show, I guess. Uh, so yeah. Kate did not join her American Outlaws chapter yet, even though we were giving her Ooh. crap about it the last time. So you got to get on that, Kate. Yeah, yeah, I know, I will. And, and your excuse for why you didn't the last time? Um, my computer died. Oh, that's whatever. Boo. <laughs> I might have had, okay, going back to not endorsing things, I have had the same MacBook, and I've had to get it replaced. This is my, I'm on my fourth macbook pro it was the brand new model that came out in like october or november and it broke once a month you're, for the first four months I I you're, you're and every her. time i would go storm in there and be like i'm not leaving here without a new computer because it would just die you're killing our endorsement chances i know you know what the people at the genius store were really helpful so i still oh, own a okay, mac so and i'm still an avid mac user there so you go so right. endorsement back on so <laughs> moral of the story is kate go turn your dues in this saturday the u.s will be kicking off the gold cup against panama in nashville panama Correct. and the game starts i believe at 6 45 eastern if i'm not mistaken um i think it's no i think it's it's central time. I think it yeah, starts it's... at three o'clock, so oh, four okay. o'clock, like four or four thirty well, Eastern, you I believe. Well, we'll we'll have the researcher look that up just to confirm, so we're not you know giving you bad yeah. information. So, uh, so Kate, do that. you get your membership and you get there on Saturday. You have no excuse. I might have an excuse. You never know. No, you don't. I'm just gonna say it right now. You don't have an excuse. I have friends. And for those who <laughs> don't know what's going on or what the Gold Cup is. The Gold Cup is, it's CONCACAF, which is the confederation that the, so in soccer across the globe, so each nation is in its own confederation. So the United States is in the CONCACAF confederation. And what it is, is it's determining who is the champion of the CONCACAF confederation. So the USA is trying to win that. So when you hear people talk Gold Cup, you'll see it on Fox Sports, I believe. Um, that's what's happening. It's, it's, you know, it's not the World Cup, obviously, but it is a very competitive tournament. Now, the USA doesn't have their top, top team in, in the group stage, which is what starts on Saturday. But um, it's a really great kind of rev up to, you know, with Bruce Arena, their new coach, to uh, put some younger players out there and kind of see a little bit of the future of the team. The uh, official time for Saturday's kickoff is 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. I was so close. Yeah, I think so, I said 4. So there you go. You got the right answer when it was all said and done. So. Over the summer, if you watched any U.S. soccer games, you probably saw Jillian on TV at least three, if not four times, dressed as Wonder Woman. And wow, was that costume awesome. But while she was doing that, we still needed to release some podcasts. So we recruited my younger brother, Tony, to fill in on the show for Jillian. And our discussions went as well as you can expect. 
they derailed completely. There's a pretty cool thing about, like, I, I know a little bit about the Denver Broncos. I'm, I'm a diehard Broncos fan. Uh, Why? Not, not born and raised, not born and raised <laughs> there, but, you know, my, my loyalties to Chicago at, end with um, the colors. And, I end with the Chicago White Sox, and uh, then my, my loyalties go west to, to Colorado. For I don't know why, but uh, I mean, is, it, is that something to do with the legalization of a certain product there? Hey, hey, hey. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Littering and what? Smoking um, the Reaper. Smoking the Reaper. But with the Mile High uh, Stadium, I, I know a little bit about that. Um, they currently, the, the Sports Authority owned owned the rights, but um, the Broncos bought that back just recently um earlier in the offseason they had a court case that got settled and they, they they got the naming rights back but they're currently trying to sell them again and they're having a little, a little bit of a problem because out in colorado with the now being legalized uh now we have a problem of uh the marijuana dealers being the highest bidders <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's takes, literally uh, gonna be yes it takes mile, mile high to the uh to a new level here which is awesome i <laughs> Take it to a mile high level. God damn it. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, my wife and I, we went out there back in 2013 for the AFC, AFC championship game. And that was just right when they first legalized it. And uh, they beat the Patriots, get outside the stadium, and people were yelling, we're going to the Super Bowl and lighting up. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. A possum? No, I said that is awesome. Thank you very much. I totally heard possum there. Just saying. So the, I'm looking at some of the names of, of companies that have ties to Colorado. Um, there's Aurora Cannabis at Mile High Stadium. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's got a nice ring to it. Seems seems good. Uh, Canopy Growth at Mile High Stadium. That's not too bad. Yeah. That, that that actually makes sense, you know. No, they're Canopy. based in Toronto, yeah. but it looks like they've got a a, a pretty good hold in the uh, Colorado market. Yeah, and to to go out more about this mile high there in the cannabis market, they they've actually gotten enough money that they're giving money back to their citizens. <laughs> <laughs> While they're under the influence of marijuana, here oh, yeah. take, take the money back. Take, take the money back. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. You know what? I hope that happens because that would be uh, just a great kind of middle finger to the establishment. I don't think the NFL would ever allow it though, because no. they're, they're notorious for being no fun. Because it's it's a perform performance enhancing drug. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Robin Williams who once said, um, "You know, you got these Olympic athletes having their medals taken away for testing positive for marijuana, and them calling it a, a performance enhancing drug." And it's like, unless you big, put a big Hershey bar at the finish line, no, it's not a performance enhancing <laughs> drug. So in November of this year, the national audience learned a little bit more about the hashtag Save the Crew movement. Jillian brought her close friend Ralph Schudel, a journalist based in Columbus, Ohio, onto the show to talk more about the movement and about how ownership of Major League Soccer's Columbus crew was trying to move the team to Austin, Texas via a shady deal. This was in fact our most listened to episode in 2017. Today we brought you on, the whole preface of you being from Columbus and writing about the Columbus crew 
we thought we'd bring you on to talk about the hashtag Save the Crew. Uh, for those who aren't aware, there have been some, we'll say, shady dealings uh, to sneak one of the original MLS franchises out of the city of Columbus and move them to Austin, uh, Texas. So, Ralph, what led to the Save the Crew movement? So, uh, basically, Anthony Precourt, the investor operator of Columbus Crew SC, bought the team July 30th of 2013. Uh, he agreed in the original agreement with Clark uh, Hunt, the son of Lamar Hunt, who is the famous founder of Major League Soccer and the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, to keep the Columbus crew inside of the city of Columbus for 10 years, uh, or he had an escape clause to Austin, Texas. So what led to this whole Save the Crew movement and what has seen to be like a hurricane of information and knowledge that has come out recently is that um, he announced that he was in, interested in getting a downtown stadium. If not, uh, if that was failed to happen in the city of Columbus, he would be moving the team to Austin, Texas for the 2019 MLS season. So why Austin, Texas? You know, when I think of markets without MLS teams, Austin doesn't strike me as the first potential place you could go. Does he have some kind of ties to the city or what, do you know why he would pick Austin? Well, it's funny you mentioned that DJ, because the thing with Austin, Texas is in, I don't know how familiar you guys are with soccer history, uh, they've had two USL affiliates, one move and become a major league soccer franchise, and one just completely fold. They were both the Austin Aztecs at that time, uh, and they moved to Orlando City and became Orlando City Soccer Club, which, as Jillian knows, and having been down to Orlando City, they are thriving yeah. in a big way down yeah, that, there. That right worked now. out okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it worked out fine. And then the Aztecs came in again, and the crew actually played the Aztecs several seasons ago in the Desert Diamond Cup. And I believe that was their last year of existence down in Austin, Texas, and they have folded. Here's where the wrinkle is with Austin, is that they have a USL team that is ready to come in in 2019, which is a little strange to me, but uh, they're trying to fire up a USL franchise in 2019. Anthony Precourt's main talking point that he's had throughout this whole process is that he believes it is one of the largest untapped markets in the United States that does not have a professional sports team. Doesn't it feel a little bit too like for uh, Anthony Precourt? It's almost like he doesn't actually care about the sports. He just cares about the land and getting getting some type of property in Austin versus in Columbus. The big thing with the fans is that they feel very neglected by mm -hmm. Anthony Precourt because, you know, as you guys know, if you look into the rich history over in Europe, you look into um, even a, in, even around America, too, with the original teams, your D.C. Uniteds, um, you know, Kansas City Wizards now sporting Kansas City, if you want to call them that. Oh, no, no, no. These, you, got, you got to call them by their proper name. They were the Kansas City Wiz. The Wiz. <laughs> the Wiz. I'm oh, sorry. Boy. That, that's the journalism part of me there. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, you look at these clubs and they're so rooted within their communities that there is kind of almost a question of, well, who cares if it doesn't make any money? There, Several of these clubs, there was a Forbes article that was released several months ago that I think there were only about five to seven clubs in Major League Soccer that are actually turning a profit. And they're all technically what we consider MLS 2.0 or MLS 3.0 teams. Uh, but the other ones at the bottom weren't making any money. But as we all know, guys, that Major League Soccer is a single entity system. 
So it functions much like a department store and, you know, made MLS corporate oversees all of these teams. So if one team's struggling, the other one will bring, you know, MLS will bring the teams up. So the big thing is Precourt very much with his venture capitalism background is looking to make a buck. And a lot of people are starting to see or at least interpret that uh, as opposed to showing his loyalty towards the city. Uh, a famous quote that Mr. Precourt said when he bought the team was that he would look to buy a second home here in Columbus as originally uh, away from his home in San Francisco. Uh, he said that he could see settling his life here and that he would not be an absentee owner. He has not bought a second home. He has been here very rarely during the season. And uh, nobody's really seen him outside of major club announcements. In one of our more highly entertaining and chaotic interviews of 2017, Kevin Pettit and Martin Fraser from Loud Americans Discussing Soccer podcast came on to talk about the beautiful game and why Americans seem to love European soccer all of a sudden. We have Kevin Pettit and Martin Fraser, and they host a weekly podcast and produce blog and video shorts on uh, all things soccer. They don't call it uh, football, they call it soccer because they are known as the Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, also known as... Lads. There we go. All right. Mm, cheers. I failed. Kate oh, failed. You couldn't get it going? I figured it out. <laughs> helping you can. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, this is cool. So before we get too far in, what's, uh, what is everybody's beer of choice? So we're actually drinking this Firestone Union Jack IPA. I got it last night at 12 o'clock at our local bar and this is the first time i've had it and it's pretty good yeah pretty decent i, th I thought your guys's normal shtick was like drink crappy beer during the show all right all right <laughs> you know, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right you know you were just trying to impress our friends we're treating ourselves you know uh any other day it's usually like paps blue ribbon uh, natty light a coarse light um <laughs> you know the the go-to but you know what we, we, we treated you guys this is a treat your treat your uh good friends day Kate, I wish you told us before. Yeah, because Kate, tell them what you're drinking. I'm drinking America because um, that's what I wanted to do today. Budweiser. Is that, is that yeah? Oh, hey. oh, all right. God, and, how dare you, Kate? Crappy well, beer. We are still not about that. My grocery store sells dollar beer cans. I normally only drink bottled beer, so. So she went, out and, well spent. she went out and specifically got a can of beer just to do this show today. Oh, just just one? How could you? I mean, if I have one, then it's like it, it just leads to more. I don't know how you can just do one. I didn't say I didn't buy more beer. I said I bought a can of beer. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. That's just her uh, her warm up, I guess. So for me, uh, I'm drinking a Chicago favorite. And this can is probably about six months old, and I found it in the back of my refrigerator, and it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, If anyone here or anyone listening is a Chicago Cubs fan, they'll understand when you hear old style. It's uh, G. Heilman is the original company that made it, but they got purchased by Paps. So they're in the same family as PBR. It's just kind of a regional... It's like a regional, crappier version of PBR, for those who have never had it. You know, any family of the PBR family is family of mine, um, especially ours. That's, that's a big family. 
have you encountered any angry Arsenal fans? All right. So I was going to say is like we we're not trying to be Arsenal fan TV, but, you know, seeing angry Arsenal fans leads to amazing, you know, views. So I'm not, I'm not here to say that we're trying to spur some like, you know, some angry Arsenal fans, but it's awesome. I don't, <laughs> like, I'm an I'm an Arsenal fan. So seeing like angry Arsenal fans like I'm like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, this is great. This is some good. Also, stuff. Kevin is angry enough to be the Arsenal fan, the angry Arsenal fan in all of our videos. So, so we fair. already got the token <laughs> angry Arsenal fan. So why are they angry? Oh, oh! Well, me, that's a pretty loaded that, question. A, do you have a couple of days, Kate? Um, well, uh, a couple hours. Okay. All right. All right. So the reason we're so angry is because you saw the re if you saw the result yesterday against Spurs, we dominated that game, and you see the potential. Like if you play like that every day, all 38 games of the Premier League season, you can go win yourself a title. The thing is inconsistency. And you see just stupid things by the manager. It's like the manager isn't getting the players fired up enough. It just seems like they're all lazy. So like to see, and then to see him put out performance like that, just the inconsistency is why you get so frustrated because you know how good this team can be. Yeah, and then there's uh, the whole thing. Every other fan of a big six club, so United fans, City fans, Liverpool fans, Chelsea fans, Tottenham fans, always like to poke the bear. They always like to kind of push the Arsenal fans, kind of bring up their fail failures. And Arsenal fans, I feel like, have just gotten this air about them where they're so fed up with everyone else's shit, so they're just always angry all the time. Yeah, blood. Hey, fam. Hey, no, don't mess with me, Raz. Raz. <laughs> so what I'm getting from this is Arsenal is the underdog, and that's okay. I always cheer them on. I, I wouldn't say underdog. Yeah. I, would, I would say like that that beat up puppy. That's just like that used to be like awesome. Um, and then you're just like we're just like getting tired. Um, but I'll go underdog. I like underdog way better. So relating to yes. American football, they're like the Bears. Oh oh oh! oh, oh Kate, I, you are my favorite player uh, ever on the uh, <laughs> It's like yeah, we're like the '85 Bears. We had that like invincible season, like we're 2003-2004. We're like this could be the greatest team ever, and then since then it's just been shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's an excellent analogy. I, you know, I, I was gonna say for more for the Arsenal, they're kind of like. You know, like the Schlitz beer of the of the uh, the football world. It's like, yeah, you know, they used to be pretty good, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's nice. I like it a lot. <laughs> it's amazing that sometimes when you create something as a fill-in bit, it ends up turning into a signature segment. It also helps that when the person in charge, aka me, is really evil with how. I do it. So here are the best of my trivia questions. So, Kate, um, we're going to go into trivia now. My favorite segment. Yes. How many baseball stadiums have not sold their naming rights as, as of the beginning of the 2017 season? guys i even knew uh, this one. i'm thinking hold on do, 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 oh heck with do, it quack quack yes dj i'm going to say five wrong i'm gonna say four wrong oh, it was ten ten yep i, I believe you need to uh share the 10 with us can, can i can i okay can i guess 
Sure, I have to pull it back up. <laughs> okay, well, Wrigley, yep. Fenway, yep. Dodger Stadium. Yep. Um, Dodger Stadium. Uh, Yankee Stadium. Oh, yeah, Yankee Stadium. Marlins Park. Uh, oh, yeah. Kauffman Stadium. Miller Park. M- no, Miller's Corporate. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Nationals. Nationals Park. Nationals Park. That's seven. Um, man. Uh, me too. Who are we missing? Uh, well, we'd know me. this. We'd know this if you go to stadiumscene.com and check out the major league stadiums. Yes, definitely. Oh hey, my gosh! Angel Stadium at Vanaheim. That, that yep, that's got to be one. So there's eight. Oakland Coliseum. Wow. I was thinking Oakland, but I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember what it was called. Yeah, they dropped their sponsor. Texas, the in Texas. Texas is Globe Life Park, so it's still under a sponsorship. Oh, that's right, it is. They changed the name. I forgot about that. Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Yep. There's your name. Yep. You didn't know that off the top of your head. I'm calling shenanigans on your claim. However, that was determined by league play in challenge games. What year was the first year professional teams were eligible to win the Stanley Cup? No. Face off, 1903. Ah, uh, you're wrong. Ah, okay. Uh, well, I guess I got a free guess. This year came to mind, I don't know why. Face off, uh, 1932. Uh, Jillian was closer. It was 1906. Ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> So close, but so far away. Yeah. So zero points. We get zero. <laughs> Sheffield United plays in front of 32,702 fans at Bramall Lane Stadium. This is the oldest stadium in the Premier League. What year was it opened? Oh, come on. Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know that. I definitely don't know that. Well, and Sheffield United hasn't been in the Premier League in like 15 years, but um, I I gotta guess. Goal. Okay. 1868. No, actually, it's earlier than that. Oh. Oh, wow. Really? Do you want to throw a number out there? Yeah, I'll throw 18. uh, I'm going to be mad. Wrong. Unfortunately, it was 1855. Oh, I, ah. And you can thank Wikipedia for that knowledge. I'm gonna go change Thanks, it to Wikipedia. 1865. Just, just... Hey, that's what <laughs> so you can be right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wikipedia says so. The Portsmouth first Reading game is recorded as the highest scoring game at seven to four. However, Manchester United gave that record a run for its money when it ended a game nine to zero against what? What team? Nine to zero. I thought you were gonna bring up the Arsenal. Yeah, it was like I'm waiting for the eight to two Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> Nine to zero. Who was that? I just saw this recently. Uh, oh. Oh. 
we beat Middles Bros 7-0 in 2008, but that's not it. Uh, oh, this might be a stumper. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking, I know it's not a team that's currently in the Premier League. I'm just going to... All right, Kate, I'm going out on a limb here. Is it Ipswich Town? You're right. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's go. I mean, that's, yeah, it's like Ipswich Town, uh, Millwall, someone like that. It had to be. Wolverhamptons? Yeah, right. (laughs) Referees wear stripes, not to be confused with a player. Yes. But I don't know what the question That's is. That's the answer. <laughs> yes! This is the worst <laughs> trivia ever. <laughs> <laughs> the question was what animal also has stripes? Hi- really? Tigers? <laughs> Man, you have mailed it in today. <laughs> it was a long day. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Okay, so the final question. Uh-oh. In the 2016 Olympics in Rio, um, Brazil won the gold medal, Germany won the silver. What colors are the oh. flag for the bronze winning team? Oh, I don't know who won the bronze. I don't, so who won I the don't gold either. And silver. Who won the Are you googling this? Detail? No, I have my hands over my face right now. I don't know who won the bronze. I only know. I was like, oh, I know who she won when she said the gold. I was like, oh, I can totally. I know who won silver. It, I, I don't even know who. Yeah, I've got the bronze on one of two teams, and they have different flag right. colors. Okay, do you know who won the bronze? I, I got it down to one of two teams, and it, probably neither of them. <laughs> who do you have? I'm gonna no because if I get it wrong, you're gonna get it right. <laughs> You'll figure I out. want to hear DJ's guess. No, I no, I won't guess. I won't guess because I, right. I know I don't I'm, know. I'm gonna say goal. Okay. And it was Chile. Unfortunately, that is not correct. Am I on the right continent at least? Uh, no. No. Who won it? It, it was Nigeria with what? a green and white flag. Really? Would have never have guessed Nigeria. Right, so Neither would I. So that will about wrap it up for 2017. Be sure to check us out at StadiumScene.com, StadiumScene.tv, at StadiumScene on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, and at StadiumScene on Instagram. Also, a big thank you to our partners on the StadiumScene TV network who joined us all this year. We have Buckeye Muscle, Game Day Tourist, Girls on the Sideline, Laces or Faces Podcast, The Lads Podcast, South of the Six, Tailgate Tourist, and The Ralph Shudell Show. Be sure to check out their work at stadiumscene.tv as well. So I'm DJ Fluck, and for myself, Kate Thompson, and Jillian Fisher, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again in 2018. Konnichiwa. That's arigato. Arigato. Sayonara. Adios? Uh, No. 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 Adios.
Thanks for listening to today's Stadium Scene podcast. Visit us at stadiumscene.com and stadiumscene.tv. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play Store.